Okay, well, welcome back. Six Pack Lapidat and my man. Hi, Greg Thank you for coming back, sir. No problem. Fresh, fresh off of the CPF Canadian National Championships. And, uh, and we know we you were talking about, I think last time you were on cutting weight, and you are on yeah. point. Training was going well? Training was great. Training yeah. was great. Um, I was looking to basically PR and everything. Uh, cut a little more than I needed to, again. For Wilkes? For Wilkes, yeah, yeah. basically. Because I was put into, so they did like a Grand Prix kind of thing on Saturday night, and I got asked to do that. Uh, my Wilkes... At before this meet was right on the cusp of 450. Uh, so basically anyone around there kind of got asked to do it. Uh, so there was seven or eight of us anyway. Plot, no, 11. Strong girls. Uh, Laura Griffith was in it. Maureen Baudet was in it. Uh, Maureen, I think, squatted over 400 inch sleeves. Jeez. She's got an invite to Boss of Bosses. Wow. Um, but yeah, it was a good show. Uh, I watched a 815-pound deadlift. Yeah, so that was uh, Dylan Polo, right? Yes. Let's talk about this for one second. Okay. So we posted um, a video. This is the, if you, any of you guys listening. So Dylan, in this video, let the bar down, like fucking, like like he was tempoing it. And this is 815 pounds. <laughs> yeah. And then gracefully, and it's like 815 pounds with 370 kilo yeah. for our European friends. Yeah. And um, and then threw up his hands like, you happy? <laughs> to the judges. Yes. So what was going on there? All right. So first attempt, um, Dylan was last to go, obviously. His opener was 750. Um, so he did it. And I personally, I don't think he put it down too fast. I think... We just finished watching IPF Worlds. I watched all the big boys go. Everybody yeah. that was over 700. It's 750 pounds. You don't yeah. put it down slow. No. What, what's the point? You put it down with control holding onto the bar. Yeah. That's the rules. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, I don't know what was said. I don't know what the verbal was. And I, I really don't want to know. Yeah. Um, but after he put it down, he got two red lights. He turned to the judge and was like, literally, for, like, yelled, for what? And because yeah. he's part owner of another organization and he knows the rules being owner and he figured I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Um, Was my, he upset when he said oh, it, 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 Dylan turned pretty red. We'll just no shit. Turned pretty red. Um, and in all rights, I personally don't think he did anything wrong. I don't yeah. think he. But even then, you got to be careful when you're talking to judges. Yeah. Even if you disagree, because um, some some meets will throw you out. Yeah. yeah. So honestly, yeah, that's what I was waiting for. Yeah. I, yeah. I was waiting for like. The, when you said he's in another organization, you mean a different federation? Yeah. Like he he. Would that have anything to do with shit? I hope. I guess not. you would be speculating. At yeah, I'd be yeah. speculating at that point, but. You know, he lifted within the rules. Yeah, yeah. As far as I could see, I'm not a judge. I don't have a certification as a judge, so don't quote me. But from what I could see after just watching all IPF Worlds and all that, yeah. it looked good to go. Yeah. Um, after the red lights came on, there was some verbal back and forth. Oh, and shit. And Dylan, I'm, I'm big as Dylan. He's a fucking he's monster. He's 5'8", 230. He weighed in at 233, but he looked to be like 250. Jack the shit. Yeah, he's well. He's the strongest 242 in Canada. Yeah. Like overall, Wilkes total, he's yeah. yeah he's the, by the numbers, he's the strongest 242 in Canada. Um, I think he missed a 766 squat, benched mid four something, and deadlifted 815. 
yeah. on his second and, attempt and then walked and, away. And crazy slow letting down. Yeah. So, so not to get by, take you off the story here. So after that happened, they talked to him. Yep. And then he came back out, and I was already out. I took my 500 for my injury and just posted total. We're going to talk about that yeah. in a second. And so he uh, he basically just put it down slow as you've seen it. Dude, it was seen slow. Video. It was like six it was, seconds. It was, it was a six second crazy. tempo on the way down. Yeah. Kind of gave them the bow as if, is that good enough? And, and threw his hands up. Yeah. You're fucking happy. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, that was his face. I mean, from what I. Uh, this was my 50-50 on what was going to happen when he made that attempt. The, the, we were up on a stage, so they were saying they wanted the bar brought down slowly and in control because of the venue we were at and yeah. on a stage and yada yada. I still personally feel he brought it down in control with the 750. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he got called, I, I personally know he didn't, like, I, he didn't care. Like the total and the, the meat and the Wilkes, and it, it, he doesn't care. He's yeah. one of those literally just does it because he likes to do it. Yeah. Um, so after that all went off, I thought he was going to pull it and literally drop it from the hip. Oh! So drop it, you thinking he's going to drop it straight from the hip. Yeah. Go yeah, basically. But in, he pulled it, and as we've seen in the video, he brought it down with control, very much, very Uber much control. controlled. Kind of like the Ed Cohen, the classic Ed Cohen. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was basically the last lift in the meet. Meet was done. Uh, Dylan won. I don't think he stuck around. I think he was a little uh, pissed off, a little angry. Um, but yeah, that was it. I so think. he, so he had post when he said, "I don't know if this is a rule that you would hurt." For that meat alone, um, they had told him, "Look, we want next time you do it, the dead, not a sound." Sound. Essentially, that was. I don't think it was announced because I didn't remember hearing it, and I lifted in the same flight as him. Yeah. Um, so I don't. I don't know what exactly. Maybe someone said something. Maybe. Only does it 500 pounds or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't remember it being announced personally. Um, so do you think in maybe morning, in that conversation they might have said something? Hey, next time you go up there, it better be soundless. Do you think maybe? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's the thing. Because um, that sounds like if you think about it, like fucking silence would be like, damn man. Well, that's how do you put down, down eight fifteen? Like he did clearly. Well, he's just but it's not something you want. Yeah. There's no third attempt at that. Yeah, no, no, no. You might not be tomorrow. That was it, right? Like, I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. here it is, I'm done, see you later, peace yeah. out, la da da, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't, it is what it is. I mean, it all kind of worked out. Dylan won 550 or 555 Wilkes or something. And you need, and that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, and you need, a, you need to just register total, make the worlds, and he right. almost, he wouldn't have made. Well, that's he would have won. That's why. So that's why he had. So yeah. that's probably why. I bet you he was thinking, oh, fucking love, like I bet you he's yeah, <laughs> dropped this from the hip. But then he doesn't go to work. Right. So it's not worth right. that maybe. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if he's gonna go because he's he really entered last minute, and I don't know if he prepped or I hope yeah, he's yeah. doing some kind of prep training. He can't just walk around and do fifteen. If he can, that's. But if he does, that's, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, fifteen. No, it was impressive. It was impressive. Being around someone of that caliber, of that lifting ability, um, I've been around a few people like that. But to watch kind of how they warm up, how they kind of yeah. do, like you warmed up with bands the entire time during the deadlift. What? Yeah, he had bands. He pulled nothing. He had bands wrapped around. Oh, he pulled up to 
Okay, okay. Yeah, he pulled, I think his last one was 675 or something. Ooh, That's why he, he banned it. the bar. Yeah, he banned it across the bar. Oh, shit. So, so when it gets out there, yeah, it's going to fly. Everything on the top is like... That's a fucking dope idea. Yeah, that's what I looked at it. I'm like, huh. And so, yeah, his brother would hold down the one end, and then I believe it's his girlfriend and someone else, or his fiance, excuse me if I don't have that correct, um, would hold down the other end, and yeah. he would just pull a rep or two. And yeah, it was kind of cool to see. Was, no shit, that's not a bad idea. I mean, there's no way to argue against it. The guy yeah. pulls 815, yeah, yeah. so you well, know. With a six second yeah. tempo. <laughs> yeah. Wowzers. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty cool. It was cool to see kind of how everybody goes about it. And then I coached my girlfriend in the morning. So we've seen some of the girls in the 60 kilo and 67 and a half. No, 56 and 60. And then some of the lighter weight guys that went. So this is the same federation with, is this the equivalent to USA, USPA in the US? Um, IPL? Basically same idea, but this is the WPC. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. there's IPL, USPA, and then CPL, if we want to go Canadian Federations, and then OPA, CPU, gotcha. IPF, or yeah, whatever yeah. organization, yeah. provincially. Um, CPF is basically the national, and then WPC is the World Bank. Gotcha, so yeah. World Powerlifting Congress. And then the amateur side is the amateur WPC, so AWPC, and the amateur is just the amateur side of the CPF, so the drug tested and non-drug tested. Because in terms of those debts, so talking about the, the IPF World Championships, every single day doing commenting, seeing like a cabillion deadlifts yeah. at the IPF World level. And um, the only time I ever seen somebody get called with a downward not control, he didn't straight up let it go, but you can tell yeah. when somebody... The grip's like, gonna give. Or, or not, like like that for sure. But I mean, um, you know some, you know when you follow it down with your hands, fine, fair play, and you're not stopping it, but you're following it down yeah. with your hands, cool. But this one guy was bringing, like, like giving a little more, oomph, mm, like bringing it down, only pushing it down, right? Thinking it's looking a little badass. <laughs> Bam, motherfucker! Like that look on yeah. his face, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was like, like the stage rattles and shit. And that's the first time he did it, and everyone's like, "All right, man, what the shit? That was an opener, bro. Yeah, like, easy. Settle you're, down. You're coming in fifth. For an M2, like you know, what I'm saying? Like, it's, you know, the people are here to see you. You know, you're not letting the pilot through roll the fire. And then the second time he came out, literally, like you could tell, sending that shit on its way. And it's hard to like, you you, you could just tell when you see so many deadlifts when somebody's pushing. Like right. there's a difference between I'm falling down and I'm not going to stop it at all, to just but I'm going to follow it, or I'm going to fuck you. Just take all tension out and just and push. Yeah, actually push it down and yeah. it rumbles. And he's clearly has not the biggest dead of the flight. Clearly had the biggest impact at the bottom. The shit's wrong. Right. Like, exactly. Wayne Williams yeah. is smashing the ground with that. <laughs> yeah. and this dude's got like 500 pounds on it. Yeah. So um, anyways, they took away his his dead oh, and then okay. went went around back and told his coaches like, hey man. Like, yeah. you know, fella's doing 200 pounds more than you in the same flight, so settle down. Yeah. Or controlling <laughs> yeah. it better than you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let's just get real here. So yeah. anyways, I could see that, but um, if it's a situation where, uh, I guess like if it's if you're on a stage and the stage isn't yeah. appropriate for it, like were, were other people getting cautioned for that? Uh, there was a couple in the lighter uh, flights, I believe. Um, that was the thing. I didn't really get to see a lot because I was coaching my girlfriend. And so her flight, they weren't really getting said anything to them. Um, the flight after that, I was in the back room with her, so I didn't really see a lot of that lifting. And then it was right to the motel to grab my stuff, get changed, yeah. have a 20 minute cat nap, and then straight back to start warming up for me. Yeah. So there was, I didn't really get to see a lot of what was happening, because then 
we had to start warming up and we had three flights in our warm-up area basically so we had a Ten squats to warm up total, basically. Yeah, hit that <laughs> like, shit. One, two, three, go. Yeah. One, two, three, go. Yeah, one, yeah, one, yeah. one, one, one. Okay, let's do this. Dude, you had a twenty-minute cabin. Can you nap the day up? How do you sleep I was the night before? Well, that was the thing because we were up, right? I cut weight, and then I went from two thirty. I weighed in at two thirty-six. So that's the lightest I've ever. I mean, I started the week probably at two fifty. Uh, so I cut to two thirty-six. Didn't have a sauna, but we had a hot tub, so that was kind of nice. Um, then, so that was at two thirty we had 24 hour weigh in so i was at 230 and then at nine o'clock i was 249 so i put oh. <laughs> put it back on yeah. real quick yeah um because they got 24 hour weigh-ins if you listen yeah so and then uh yeah pro- by the morning i was right around there sticking around there but to digest all that mm-hmm. like my kidneys hurt yeah, like yeah. They, were, they were like my back was sore i'm like oh shit i guess like yeah i ate eight pounds of sushi and then went for pasta and drank copious amounts of water and Pedialyte and V8 juice and yeah. more salt than I could probably shake a stick at. So yeah, like my back was sore. And uh, then coaching in the morning, um, which wasn't intended. That was the thing. Like we didn't plan this meet that way to happen. Um, originally, I was supposed to go on Friday night for the Grand Prix and then Sarah was gonna lift either Saturday or Sunday. Mm. So it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Yeah. Uh, then when we seen the flights come out, she was Saturday morning, I was Saturday in the last group. So basically like, well, we're there all day. Like it's gonna be an all day affair. We got there, her warm ups, her meeting was at eight. They started at nine. My warm ups started probably at 2.30. And I think my, the last Dylan's pull was at like almost 8.30, quarter to nine. So what, what, <laughs> what happened when, when you took an injury somewhere? Oh, so yeah, squats, uh, I opened with a five pound PR. Uh, that was unintentional as well. I think the water cut got to me. And as I was giving my numbers while I'm getting weighed in, I swear to God, I meant to take 267 and a half because I was just going to open five pounds you less. You said I meant to take. Uh, See, man, yeah, still, I mean, still that stuff about We're water cutting as we speak. That's by the way. right. It fucking is. I was hell in the studio, <laughs> sir. One uh, thing, go. So I meant to weigh in, or I meant to give my number at yeah. 267 and a half, so 590. Uh, somehow I said 272 and a half Jesus. and then I initialed it so yeah. clearly I, I, it, yeah. it was what it was all my other numbers were right but so as I'm getting wrapped like I, I wrap my knees for squats I lift in the classic division and I'm wrapping and I look up and it says 600.8 I'm like oh <laughs> well, fuck that's a PR yeah, let's wrap them a little tighter. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, Sarah, I need a couple more revolutions there. Pull yeah. that a little tighter. Double tick my yeah. numbers from now on. So I went out and I smoked it. I, it was faster than my 595 at my last meet. It was my third. So I was like, okay, let's go right to 280. Yeah, yeah. So technically, I lifted, I lifted in the Submaster Classic, so with wraps division. Um, the Canadian record was 277 and a half. So I was like, whatever, let's just take 280. And Away we go. Uh, got 280. On the way down, something kind of TFL, rec fam, up in the quad hip area. Kind of, I felt a twinge and I made it back up and got two white lights gracefully. That one could have been either way. I'll self admit that if anybody watches the video. Yeah. Um, you know those days where you get the 80% of the time. Sometimes it swings your way. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, so yeah, I called it right there. I was like, okay, 
I'm done. I hit a 22-pound PR on yeah. my second attempt. We're good. I don't really need to eagle lift anything else. I got the Canadian record, I, whatever. Um, but to establish the record, I have to finish the meet. <laughs> so I'm like, and you knew you were fucked up. Yeah, you knew and, something was wrong? Yeah, I knew something was wrong. Uh, by the time we got to bench, so I got treatment in the back. My massage therapist was actually there um, handling somebody and helping out in, in the back. So I got her to work on it. Basically, I couldn't lock in on the bench with my right leg, so I couldn't get any like leg drive at all. Uh, so I got 380 as my opener, got called for heaving on 390, which you guys can watch the video, 50-50. Uh, didn't get my call there. Then I misgrouped the same lift again on my third attempt. By the time you get to dead, you're like, just well, give me something. Well, as I said, I was like, well, what, what do I need? Like, just to not something look like a hobo kind of thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? So I stiff-legged 500 and shook, hands. shook my hands as see judges. The and, yeah, yeah, see yeah, you guys yeah. later. Yeah. So it was kind of unfortunate. I mean, I was hoping, I knew I wasn't going to beat Dylan. As soon as I seen him registered, I knew there was no hope and shit there. Yeah. But You, you see him in the back, like, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, congratulations on the win today. Don't hurt yourself yeah, in the right. squat yeah, and you're yeah, good. Right. Congratulations <laughs> on the win, sir. I'll see you in the world. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was one of those things, though. And that's what I try and tell people. Like, when they ask me what happened, I'm like, the difference between me and someone with a huge ego, I'm going to lift this week. They're not. Mm-hmm. in that same situation. They're going to be out for three to four months because yeah. they're going to try and push the third squat. They're going to snap something in their hip really good. It actually did happen. I'm not sure how the guy is doing, but basically same injury. Um, what looked to be the same injury. I talked to him that day um, after the squats. And basically he went back in for his second deadlift. Uh, I think it was like 5.50. He winced a bit. And I was like, you should call it. Like, just mm-hmm. walk away right now. Mm-hmm. Went out for his third, got his third to about his knee, and then you could almost see something in his singlet go. And that's, that's where I'm sitting there, like, I'm just like, man, like, this is exactly <laughs> what I didn't want to do. We're June 23rd, Canada, we got the rest of summer, it just started. Yeah. I don't want to be laid up in my bed or bunged up or yeah. limping around all and you summer. want to get ready for the world. Well, that's like a shit to do, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> and here's, here's so, so the total opposite way of handling things in that, and one sec, I'm just going to tell Rondell, five more minutes. Um, the, the total opposite, I don't know if you've seen the World Championships, it was like floating around, went fucking viral. The guy from the Ivory Coast, um, he, at the IPF World Championships, I think he's a 120, maybe a 105-er. Um, either way, he was in the back warming up, and um, failed 295 kilo right. in the back yep. and opened, yeah. opened 350. Yeah. 350, my friend. Yeah. Not I a watched, chance in hell. I watched the three lifts. So here's the thing. After, it had to have been a typo to, to hand it in, I think. Well, but it, it had to have been. But why are you trying to... Okay. I see what you... <laughs> but why are you doing 295 when that's... You have it at 350. You have time to change this still. Yeah, they did. So here's the thing. A couple fuck-ups must have happened. Hey, <laughs> because, okay, so he must have put in the wrong attempt, and it was not supposed to be 350, probably 305 or some bullshit like right. that. Right. Uh, by accident, dyslexia kicked in for a second. Whatever, yeah. 350. I was there. But it was up there all morning, and I swear to God, all morning, all of us were like, yo, you see somebody's opening a 350? Everybody in the back, yo, somebody's opening a 350. I bet you leave even have a conversation with that fucking guy. And he's probably like, yo, someone's opening a 350? <laughs> 
crazy son of a bitch. Not knowing, yo, that's you. That's you. That's you. That's you. <laughs> Pay attention to the scorecard, sir. So nobody paid attention. And then um, three minutes before, you're not allowed to change. No, yeah. I've so then the, the fucking anxiety that must have hit this Whoa. man. When it's like, Fuck me. okay, here we got to pray for a miracle. I was a little, like, well, 10 pounds, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, fucking five kilos. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, wrap that little tighter, baby. Right. Right. That's right. There my fucking 45 that I just missed in the back. So, so, so this guy. Um, he came out, I don't know if you see yeah, it. Yeah, oh yeah. Planted, but planted hard. Yeah. Like he had, like not even resistance. No. It was like a knife through butter. Oh, well, it's like, no, uh, that ain't gonna happen. No, no. And then, um, and, the, and here's another thing. Okay, so it's one thing to be gutsy with yourself, which was silly because he got turned into a gift that went viral. And you know that's right. gonna happen to you three times in a row. But when this bar, when he went down, it went over the top, smoked the back of his head, 350 kilos. Yeah. 771 pounds yeah. from the freedom units, my friends. Smoked the back of his head, hit the ground. This man was knocked unconscious. He's like Joe Frazier just came up from the grave and smoked him on the gym. Then he gets back up. And then, so they wake him up with like smelling salts like a fighter. And then he he comes back out and like son of a bitch, he's gonna go he's gonna do this again? Well the rack height looked high. It was oh yes, the, yes, okay, so, so the rack height was high. So then so then he comes back out and they're like, they changed the rack height. Oh well that's what it was. The rack height. Come on, man. It was the fucking rack height. Oh, that's what it was, huh? Well, now you you were concussed anyway, so now you're concussed and you already feel two ninety-five in the back, but the rack height's big, so you're good. He literally, no resistance, just passed out, oh, walked yeah. back, passed out, hit the ground. So the thing is with the, with the guys in the back from the Agri Coast, it's like not only is your boy under danger now because you're well, going to yeah. push him out. They push him out for his third attempt, and it's like not only is, is he in danger, but all the spotters it's are like, like fuck, man, yeah. this is 770 like, pounds. Like you're just sitting there like, okay, i got to catch this. Like, What's the know? best way I can not snap my exactly. shit up right now? Because I'm yeah. here, I volunteered for this. Yeah. Not this asshole who unknowingly or knowingly is going to... Uh, okay, the first one, you're just like sitting there like, okay, stretch, and then, because yeah. you don't hear that he missed 295 until yeah, after, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you were announcing it. And so we're like, okay, and then no hope. Well, yeah. So you're just like, okay, he's done. Yeah. And he comes out, and you're like, and he comes out again. Here's a, and then he can't even get a squat call, but like a start command, because yeah. he's all over the map, and he yeah. just walks he it in, and up. then pieces out, he, and you're like, all right, he's done. Yeah. And then... Oh no, we gotta fix the rack height because he yeah. clipped it on the way out. Well, I'm like, yeah, because he's 60 kilos more and his spine's compressed three inches more than it needs to be. And now we can't get it out of the rack because he's sitting there like, holy That's his usual rack height. Yeah. He forever for the rest of life is three inches shorter now. Yeah, he just totally vertebrates are now compressed and sealed. I think, I think so. In that situation, after, like, he went out there thinking, oh my god, I've traveled here, everyone traveled here, he's probably like, I'll pray for a miracle try for it, whatever the fuck. Okay, bad idea. But once he got concussed, I think it was no longer on him, but his coaches. So, cause he probably did not know what the fuck. No. He was probably no. like, he probably, I don't know if you, it's like a boxer. Well, like, do you remember getting knocked out? Exactly, no. They don't remember the day. But everyone around you, like your coaches, coaching staff and shit would be like, guess what, son? We're done. Fight. Good fight. We're done today. Uh, yeah, and you could still, here's the thing with the IBF Worlds. If you ball on the squats, you can still bench, yeah. you can still deadlift. Yeah. But when you got KO'd three times in the first round, You're <laughs> yeah, so he didn't even get the bench or deadlift. No. And then he gets memes and gifts about oh. him, and he's probably not a bad guy enough. But no. he, like, here's, you, you also probably feel pressure if everyone in the coaching staff is like, look, there's a fuck up at the opening, wait, and none of us caught it, whoops, <laughs> you were warming up doing your thing, and whoops, yeah. we didn't catch it, you gonna do it? 
You don't want to be a bitch. You well, can make well, I guess. I guess I'll give it a <laughs> 60 pound Let's kilo, see if 60 God kilo. is real. Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's see if uh, Hail Mary. It's only 120 pounds, you know, yeah. more than I've ever touched. <laughs> That's the sad part. Like, you know, he did travel. Who knows what he had? Like, who yeah. knows if he was in there for any of the, you know, the three lifts, if he could have meddled or placed in yeah. any of those. Because he didn't have a chance. Yeah, no, he like, There was no, 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 no. I mean, like who we have coming on, it was kind of a surprise. Maybe he could have been a surprise in one of the three yeah. lifts too. Yeah, you never know. But after you walk out of the second one, that, that's what got me. The first one, all right, you come out again and you don't even get a start because you can't settle. Yeah. Coaches should have. Right there, done. Like, he, looked, he looked like a drunk guy trying to hail a cab. Yeah. Home. Like, yeah. Shaking like, around you know, stumbling. Yeah. Back. I'm like, okay, like, no, man, just yeah. put it in. Save your life. Yeah, yeah. Because if, if you things can, can go it, way can worse. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Well, like, he, so he got knocked out, concussed. It's not a good thing. But he at least, like, didn't take major injuries to anything. So yeah. hopefully he's okay with that. Yeah. I don't know. Like, hopefully the experience isn't super bad that he's, like, turned, turned off. Turned off Because I would love for him to come back. Smash some decent weight, yeah. nowhere close to 350, and just put it there is where Imagine I wanted to present. He walks back next year. <laughs> opens <laughs> opens say, 350, just say, smokes it. Say, just, or just hammers it. No, no, even better. He opens 350, gets knocked the fuck out. Come on, young man. I, I appreciate your heart, but this coaching is team should be fired at that point. <laughs> They'll be charged with manslaughter. Yeah. Like, mm, you're fired. That's right. But um, <laughs> so we got Rondell, huh? We should probably bring him in. God knows we left this man standing. So for anyone who doesn't know, Ronda Hunt, 105, world champion in the juniors. And this guy freaking out everybody in the 105 in the open. And the 105s was like probably the most competitive, yeah. most stacked division of the men's. Yeah. For that to happen, absolutely flabbergasting. Well, I don't even, just crushed my ego, this kid. Yeah, yeah. He basically wanted to make me retire. Made me, made me all. and I'm like, yeah. All you're, 12, you're 13 years younger, yeah. you're 20 pounds lighter, and you're Absolutely murdering 400 yeah. pounds more than me. Thanks. So we're gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna see. I needed uh, a lift to catch up. Give me a quick call. Okay, so we have Rondell Hunt coming back. Everybody's talking to me from Trinidad, Trinidad and Tobago, 105, junior world champion. And I don't know if you had a second. Did you watch the YouTube video of your performance? Yes, I, I did watch it back and I did listen to you guys' um, commentary. It was yeah. really amazing. Yeah. So me and Tom Keen were uh, were the commentators, and we were like, "Holy shit!" Could not believe. Because here's the thing: what people might not realize. So with the juniors, we get viewers, but not quite like the open. And the open in the one of five is absolutely stacked to the point where, like, it was probably the most heavily hyped of um, anybody of any of the weight classes, right? Yeah. And your total in the juniors beat everybody in the open. And we're like, who the fudge? <laughs> this dude came out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, so so I posted up saying if anybody's got questions, everybody's questions are like, how long has he been lifting? Where did he come from? Who is this dude? Because everybody's like super excited as well as like what are your plans for the future? Because everybody and their mother wants you to go into the open right away and do battle with the big boys. Yeah. Right? So I guess we can take it from the top. By the way, this is Ryan Gregnell. Just so you know. Okay, my friend. So right from the back, let's take it back to the beginning. Um, how, how old are you right now? You're 22? 
Uh, yeah, I'm 22. I just turned 22 in January, so I'll be 23 next year. So yeah. Okay, and how long have you been powerlifting? Um, I've been powerlifting since September 2015, so that's about going on four years now. Four years, okay, yeah. We're hit, we're, well, that makes you feel a little better. Yeah, well, sort of. That's still pretty quick. It's quick. <laughs> but were you weightlifting before that? Um, yeah, I, I was in the gym since I was maybe like 15, so maybe seven years ago. So, yeah, I've been in the gym doing more bodybuilding, style training, though, so. So is weightlifting big in Trinidad and Tobago? It's growing. It's definitely growing. Um, gym culture is really big in Trinidad, so, you know, we have a lot of people. Almost everyone in Trinidad, I would say, goes to the gym. But to say powerlifting is big, I would say, you know, maybe not. But gym culture is definitely big. But powerlifting is definitely on the rise, so, so. And how did, so how did you end up finding powerlifting then? Well, I was always strong, so um, I growing, up and, um, <laughs> going through high school and stuff like that, so um, everyone always knew me as the, the strong guy. And then my coach, you know, you saw him at um, World Sanji Tiloxing, you know, you know, skinny guy. Um, he was actually one of my um, classmates in my high school. And then, you know, he actually got into powerlifting himself. And then a couple of years after high school, we actually, you know, connected again and said that I could really do really well in powerlifting if I put my mind to it. And five months later, I actually started training for our national championships in September, in November 2015. So, yeah. so how big is powerlifting? When you talk about, like, the nationals, a lot of people honestly don't even know a whole lot about Trinidad and Tobago. Like, how many people live in Trinidad and Tobago? And where is it, where is it located? Just for people who don't know. Um, it's in the lower half of the Caribbean, so it's in like the Lesser Antilles, and we have about 1.3 million people living in Trinidad. Oh, shit. So, yeah. It's bigger than I thought. Yeah. You know what that is? No, yeah, yeah, that, I didn't Google it. But. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not a big place geographically in terms of like space, right? No, it's not. It's about two times, two thousand times smaller than the whole of North America. So, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's quite the step, my man. So when you guys go to nationals, is there like a lot of guys in there at nationals in your weight class? Like how big is nationals at Trinidad and Tobago? Because I'm assuming the other 105 juniors, when you show up, are like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, well, you, you're in the warm-up room. They're like, well, give this guy his medal, and we're going to fight it out for silver bronze, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. So, uh, <laughs> so in national 2015, we had, I would say, maybe about like 30 to 40 competitors. But, you know, um, as nationals went on and now, you know, going to 2018, nationals 2017, we had closer to, I would say, 80 competitors. So ah. we actually have a lot of, a lot of growth going on. So it's, it's doubling every year. So, yeah. is, there, is there any Trinidad and Tobago lifters before you that have made it this well on the world scene? that you know of, or? We have one guy, his name is Adrian Brown, he competed in, um, in, in Belarus, in, no, I believe it was in, in Texas, Kiel in Texas, yeah. in 2016, yeah. and he competed in the Masters division, he got a bronze medal overall, so that's the first guy we have a center wins, and then, well, next was, was me, so. No shit, wow. Okay, so, um, obviously you're gonna be the hottest star there, but I guess like when you're looking at 80 people, yeah, it, yeah. Would, it takes time to grow. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's guys like you are gonna make it more popular, right? Because people start hearing about you. So when you, when, when you first won the Nationals, like, what were your numbers initially? Well, in 2015, I actually placed first in the juniors, and I won best overall junior, and I placed second to Adrian Brown, because he's also a one of five. 
Oh. And um, I play second time in the Open, right? And um, my numbers were uh, six hundred and eleven pound. Well, I use pounds, so yeah, that's yeah. got so yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, six hundred and eleven pound deadlift, a five hundred and thirty-five pound squat, and my bench, I believe, was like three sixty or something like that. No shit, man! You've come a long <laughs> way, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what, do you, what was like the biggest change? Like, how was your training initially when you were weightlifting back then, when you first started? Well, I, I was mostly just focus on losing weight because I used to be like a little bit on the chubby side. I was like 255 or something like that and I was trying to cut down to like 210. So I was more focused on like doing cardio and high reps and more bodybuilding style training. Yeah. So the, the, the transition was more just getting the strength and learning different things from my coach, things like DUP, linear periodization and all those, all those stuff. Yeah. yeah, so you were more like massive reps, trying to do like a bodybuilding style, get big Pexars, whatever, type deal. Yeah, and, yeah. and then, you know, every now and again, I would do like a PR. So what actually made Sanjeev, you know, come and, and try to get me into Paulistan was that I didn't go to the gym for six months, and then they invited me back to a training session, and in that training session, I pulled 600 for the first time. So ah, he was like, you, you, you have to get into Paulistan. Sweet. <laughs> you walking around the streets, not even training, you got 600 pounds <laughs> in your back pocket any given day. <laughs> Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. So, who did you? When did you start getting onto like a more calculated powerlifting program? And who was who was your trainer? Sanjeev, from the start, he's been training me for the past um, four years, and you know I really seen him develop as a coach in terms of his knowledge of the sport and his knowledge of different training styles and things like that. So, I would say in um, maybe early 2016, sometime within the first couple of months. That's when you really started to dial in my training and um, really start to apply things like DUP and things like that. So that's the style of training that we follow. And is he, so he's from Trinidad and Tobago? Yes, he is. And is he like the most coveted trainer from Trinidad and Tobago? Um, yes. <laughs> Probably. He's a big yeah. wheel. If he wasn't, he is now. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you, <laughs> yeah, you're definitely making him look good right now, I'll tell you that. <laughs> no doubt about it. So then, when you started, when was the first time you left Trinidad and Tobago and, and started competing on the international scene? Was it the North American Championship? Yes, my first international competition was the 2016 North American Championship, which was, which was in St. Croix. Um, yeah, I actually went for the um, junior world record then, the fatty time, which was 733 there, but I failed it, so my best was the second attempt, which was um, 694, so yeah. Uh, my first international competition. And did you go back to the other North Americans since then? No, but I, I went to the Pan American Championships uh, last year in 2017. So, yeah, in, in Orlando, right? Yeah, Orlando, Florida. And how did you do there with your kilo total? Um, it was 865.5, yeah. 865? <laughs> Jesus, what? 865, isn't that a world record? <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, yeah that was the um, world record total which I set and then I broke it um, well, a couple of weeks ago at work, so yeah. No shit, holy smokes man, that's huge. <laughs> so when people came in here going into the 105s, when you're like making your decision to go junior or open, what, what were you thinking for that? Well, I kind of fell off from training, so I took like a two month break from training because you know, I, 
because it's not university right now as well as I have a couple other things going on outside of the gym. So that really played a big part in me deciding to compete in uh, Open or Junior because I felt like I wasn't ready for the Open just yet because you know you have guys like Christoph, Garrett, um, Bryce who yeah. to me they, they, they're really like up there. I, I didn't really class myself with them just yet. Oh yeah, but, dude, um, they, 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 those are beasts. You just mentioned like that was literally the thickest yeah. Division of all the men's, maybe all the women's. That was their beast, man. Yeah. Watching that live, like commentating, it was like toe to toe world records, like three world record attempts at squat, three world record attempts at bench, world records falling all over yeah. the place. I don't blame you. I mean, <laughs> shit, that was pretty crazy. Yeah, so I decided to, um, to go to the junior simply because it was my first time at a world championships as well. And, you know, I just wanted to, I guess, do my country proud. This is the first time, so I went for the more secure um, division. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, none of the juniors. The juniors, again, were like, ah, oh, fuck, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. What are you doing here? <laughs> right? I remember walking into the gym, and you just finished. You just won. And I'm like, I'm done. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm retired. I'm like, this 22-year-old kid that's literally yeah. a weight class below me. Yeah. Just did, squatted seven, was it 770 or something like that? Uh, seven, seven, 27, 728. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like, I was squatting by 120 pounds. I'll bench me without a lift off by like 100 pounds. Yeah. And then pulled, <laughs> what was seven? It's the high that. sevens for the deadlift too? Mid to high school. See how his legend's growing, how we're already inflating his numbers by 50 yeah. pounds? In well, 20, I mean, 20 years, you're like, he squatted a thousand pounds. Well, I swear to God. Well, well, and I'm like, I just looked at him like, and in sleeves, because yeah. I'm in a rat. Well, here's the thing, man. So, because you came in in the juniors and everyone was so hyped for the open, I think nobody was expecting you to do what you did. I know as a commentator, I was like, the shit like it was crazy you became the talk of the town right yes. everybody's like did you hear about Rondell Hunt and now everybody's asking the questions like number one are you coming back you have one more junior year correct yes I do and what are you thinking are you going to break some hearts in juniors or are you going to give these old boys a run for their money um definitely I'm going to give those old boys a run for their money the most stacked division yeah it is the most stacked <laughs> division and, and for yourself um, during the competition so you, you were explaining to some people because on the commentary we weren't sure uh, you were the, the world record was 330 you exactly tied it opted not for a chip but there's actually a story there you want to tell everybody listening because no one really knew what was going on there right yeah um, well what my training for squat was actually going really great so um, I don't know if you all like watch me on Instagram or something actually but I said no five triple in the gym so I was really looking to break both the junior and open squat records but um the platform was a little bit uneven as well as i had a, you know a bit of a rough weight cut so going to the squat i was really feeling my best so actually when i did my second attempt I actually had a really terrible miss groove on it when my hips kind of shut back and whatnot so it was harder than i expected it to be harder than i wanted it to be so we just kind of decided to play it safe so when we were actually um you know, deciding between me and Sanjeev what number we should put in, um, we actually decided on 327.5. Yeah. But um, I don't know what the, um, the, the mix-up was between, I guess, Sanjeev and the um, the attempt selection table, yeah. but that we actually ended up putting in 330, which is, you know, one pound below breaking the world record. Yeah. And 
you know, I, I went out there, I gave it everything I had, and we ended up blowing it away. So that was, uh, I guess, a mistake, a mishap. We actually missed our record yeah. by one pound, but yeah. But he, you know, it, it, so the funny thing is, because you were like, you didn't take the chip, it made everybody talk about it that much more. It built it better. <laughs> like, when we were commentating, we're like, who is this guy? Who, who just boxed at a squat? Now, nah, nah. Next time. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna leave it for these fellas. I was like, this guy intrigues me. You know, I thought you did it on purpose. Like, God, who is this guy? Yeah. And then, um, so then the bench went well, and then walking into the deadlifts, did you have a decision there for a deadlift world record or the total world record? I kind of trying to replay this in my head. The open total. Yeah. I think it was. Was that you were going for? It, if I had gotten my last deadlift, I would have broken the junior open uh, total records and the junior deadlift records. Ah, um, gotcha. Because it was only one pound over what I did last year at the Pan American Championship, I was pretty confident that I had it. But um, I recently switched to grip, so I switched to grip like a week before. Oh shit! Worse. Oh damn! <laughs> oh damn! Yeah. So I guess I was kind of out of position. I was using a lot more of my back than I wanted to. Yeah. So even after the second attempt, I was pretty sure that I had it. So we put it in, although I only needed, I think it was seven and a half kilos again to break the open world record total. But I decided to go for it anyway. And well, <laughs> they really found out the way we wanted to. But, yeah, you know. yeah. So are you still doing hip hook grip? Yes, definitely. I'm still doing hook grip. I'm working on um, my technique with it, but I think uh, um, it's a much more secure grip. It's just the pain just to get over. So yeah. Because the thing with hook grip, you have um, like your arms are symmetrical. It hits your body symmetrical. But one thing I find, some people find, is without the overhand, it's harder to kind of lock into place where you throw your shoulder back, lock your lats. It's a little more difficult. There's like with everything in pilot, there's two sides. You know, there's always a give and take. But uh, yeah, so you can get yeah. you can get pulled out of position sometimes, right? Yeah, definitely. That, that that was the problem I was having exactly, and you could have seen it on my second attempt. But I didn't think it would affect me that bad, but it, it did. So yeah. Yeah. So walking into this, um, into the world championships in Calgary, how much weight did you cut? Because you, a lot of people got a lot of questions. Like for instance, um, how big are you when you're walking around, and how much weight do you have to cut? Um, walking around, I would usually be about 239 to 240 pounds, which is about 109 kilos. And um, going into competition, I was actually 108 before I started water loading. Um, the day before competition, uh, when I was fully water loaded, I was about 112. <clears throat> so, oh, yeah, dad. I cut off about seven pounds of water weight and I guess, you know, existing water weight yeah, yeah. To, to make it. Uh, do you do you think, because you do a lot of water yeah. cutting, it, do you think the travel, because is it, because when you're in an airplane, you, you... Oh, you retain, for sure. Yeah. And that's where, did you fly in, like, more than a couple days, like you were there for four or five days first? No, we actually flew in um, two days before, so I slept two nights in Calgary before I competed. Okay. Which yeah. is better, which is better, because I heard Kristoff uh, was there yeah. like the night before. Bad news. Bad news didn't work out. Clearly. Bad news bears. Yeah. Um, he. he yeah. yeah. And like so for people listening, and you can speak on it probably yeah. more intelligently. But when you fly, you, your body retains. Your water, body right? will hold. It'll automatically hold water just yeah. for the elevation changes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, for someone from Trinidad being in Calgary, because you're basically at sea level 
or close yeah. to um, being in Calgary at elevation is going to play a role too, uh, especially with oxygen level and everything else. Like that. I mean, Calgary's not that bad, but say they were to host it in Colorado, yeah, it'd be a whole another whole another whole situation. Yeah. You don't you don't think of the, about these things, but you are the same. You're East Coast, right? Or sorry, you're uh, Eastern Standard Time Zone. Same it's same time zone as us, right? Uh, yeah, at the same time, same time zone as Toronto. Toronto. So we're two hours from Calgary, which isn't too bad. It's not too but those bad. guys coming from Europe, like Christoph, <coughs> excuse me, he flew with layovers, was like 30 hours, and then um, and then he's cutting water on top yeah. of that. And then he said when he started warming up, it was like in Poland, 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Like, God damn, man. And that's a huge deal. Well, and that's what to come in, have at least a couple days to, you know, kind of get used to the time zone, used to the, I mean, the weather is probably, probably a little cooler at that point. I'm not sure yeah. what Calgary was like then. Um, it, was, it was probably cooler in Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're basically like Trinidad yeah. today. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, but just to have all the adjustments, because that is going to play a role in the amount of water you retain, and especially if you're water loading and you're up to 112, yeah. so you're at 243, 244 at that point, and they get down what, 14 pounds roughly. And you got two hour weigh-in, so what did you do to get that water out of you? Um, honestly, it, it, it just came off, so I cut water about 15 to 16 hours before weighing time. So that was about 2 o'clock in the morning, because I weighed in around 5 p.m. in Calgary. Um, so yeah, most of it came out, you know, just actually through the body, and then um, actually soaked in the tub in the hotel in Glenmore okay. for about, I would say, 30 minutes, and I was 104.7, so that's good to go. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. And then yeah. after this World Championships, when people were watching, and if anyone's watching the live stream, and they hear our commentary, comment, commentary, sorry, when we're like, holy smokes, who was this guy, whatever, was everyone super excited when you got home, and, and like, did, did people around Trinidad and Tobago, like, how was their reaction? Uh, because we live in such a small country, I guess news travels really quickly. So when I got back to um, <clears throat> Trinidad, we had like a it's a, it's a like a reception for me at the airport. What? So I know no. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah. We had like three different um, news media houses, as well as you know, some of our friends, families, some people who you know I don't even know that well. Everybody came to like greet me, and we had an interview. We had a sit down. I gave a little talk, which I showed on the news and the friends like that. Yeah. So it, it was a really, really good reception. And then you know, even now today, we're just walking through the mall or, or walking on the street. People stop me and be like, "Are you yeah, kidding so me? Good. No, <laughs> shit, that's amazing, that's awesome. dude." Yeah. No, but that just shows how much, like he said, how much it's growing and how, yeah. how fast it's growing in Trinidad, yeah. right? Yeah. And to have Wondell now as that kind of yeah. guy, as young as he is, you know, you can carry that for the next decade if you so choose, plus 20, well, 20 years if you want. Yeah, and that's the big thing with like all these nations like Trinidad and Tobago, um, there's a lot of nations smaller coming yeah. to the sport. And um, it's it's good to see it grow, but you need guys up front. That's well, that's it, right? You need to have that focal point athlete, basically. Yeah. So, looking at it, I can see what you mean where, because it means so much, Trent Tobago, they're thinking, we don't care, junior, open, we got a world champion, and you gave them yeah. what you want. You're, you're telling yourself, I got I got two year, more years as junior. Should I risk it or I give the people what they want to see? And they're obviously super-duper happy. Now walking yeah. into uh, Sweden, because the next one's going right. to be in Sweden, 
Do you think it's going to be a little different the way you approach it? Like, is there more pressure? Is there less pressure? Because you're a junior, and in reality, it's kind of like, look, I shouldn't even be here. It's on you guys to do it. You know what I mean? Or, or do you think it's more pressure because now, uh, the difference between you and Bryce Lewis, and Bryce Lewis is the open world champion, in America, they got like fucking LeBron James, and like real, like, you know, superstars. So he's not yeah. walking the streets and people like, wow, there's Bryce Lewis. They're like, you know, America's got big stars. You walk around Trinidad and Tobago and a fucking parade forms behind you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So do you yeah. think like uh, walking into this world championships, is your is it going to be different? Is it going to be more pressure or is it going to be kind of, you know, how, how do you feel? Um, there's definitely going to be more pressure on me. Um, but to say that it would affect me or affect the way that I approach things, I would say no because even, you know, going into all the competitions that I did so far, um, you know, every one of them, I guess I did better than the last time, you know, I, I, only, want, I only ever won one silver medal, which was, as I said, a national circuit for three against Adrian Brown. Um, other than that, every time I went away internationally, it was tricky gold medals, and I won everything that there was to be won, right? Yeah. And, um, that kind of builds up pressure, you know, people have this kind of expectation on you that yeah. you're going to go away and do it again. So going into the Open next year, to get four gold medals in an in a, in a Open category against, you know, people like Garrett Blevins, he had this, you know, tremendous bench or yeah. stuff, people decide to compete and, you know, he's essentially Mr. Nettle. Um, yeah, so that's essentially probably Mission Impossible. But um, I just want to focus on, you know, being the strongest version of myself and um, putting my best foot forward, so, yeah. And Adrian Brown, that one, when he's got over you, tell me he's not telling that story every fucking week to his friend. <laughs> he's like, let me tell you a story. Yeah, one time. They're like, we heard it, man. We heard the story, man. You can't tell it that many times. He probably never has to buy a beer again in his neighborhood. Everybody buys it for him. There's a local legend. Yeah. He, he, he fought Superman and won. Uh, so, walking in there, do you, do you, like, on Instagram and stuff, you don't post as nearly as much as those other fellas. Are you going to start posting more? Do you play your cards close to your chest on purpose so people don't see you coming? It'll be hard now because you had a... Look, everybody's <laughs> talking about you, man. Everybody knows. But, yeah. but, like, was that on purpose? No, me not posting that much wasn't on purpose. I guess I simply don't post that much because a lot of the followers I would say I had before were mostly just, you know, people I know, people around from, you know, Trinidad itself. But yeah. now, you know, after the World Championships, I guess, I kind of grow in more of a powerlifting following. So a lot yeah. of international powerlifters, you know, um, they're following me now. So I would, I would definitely plan to be posting more than I was. It's not that I'm trying to hide anything because I feel like um, what I'm going to do on the day is what I'm going to do on the day regardless. So, yeah, definitely I'm going to be uh, posting more on uh, Instagram. And have you seen, like, around Trinidad and Tobago, I don't know how the situation is in terms of, like, sponsorships or media and stuff, but is there a push behind you right now? Yeah, definitely. There is a big push behind me with the um, government, with the um, federation, as well as a lot of independent companies as well, too. So um, right now we're in talk trying to sort that out because going to Sweden is going to be, you know, very costly. Yeah. So, yeah. So and, that is what we're, we're in talk right now. And in about 20 years, are you going to be president of Trinidad and Tobago, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger or something? Maybe. 
Maybe anything's possible. Yeah, that, that, that's a good. That's a good. So it, that's pretty good. That um, because in certain nations there's not a lot of support, and, and in some nations there's tons. Yeah. And um, that's where it really helps. Like Trinidad and Tobago, what kind of sports are popular in Trinidad and Tobago? If we get like a flavor for the culture there, what's big in Trinidad? Um, football. I don't know if you guys call it soccer, but yeah, um, got you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, football, yeah. soccer, um, cricket. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. Yeah. Cricket. yeah. Um. Yeah, those are essentially our like two bread and butter sports. Those are the sports that you would see guys, you know, playing on the beach or you know playing after school or things like that. So that's the two sports that we gravitate towards, um, as well to um, track and field, athletics, sprinting. Yeah. Um, also in the Olympics before we actually won a gold medal in um, javelin. So javelin is something that has become important uh, in that as well too. So. Got you. Now, is there like a history of strength sports or like Olympic weightlifting or, or strongman stuff like that or not so much? Um, Trinidad's first Olympic medal was actually won in Olympic weightlifting. Ah, so, yeah, that's something that um, people always mention when it was like go on like an interview or something like that. So Really? Yeah, that, they bring that, that up to you? Mostly, What's that? They bring it up to you every time you go in an interview? Yeah, every, every single time. <laughs> no shit. No shit. And who was the dude who, how long ago did he win that? Um, It was very long ago before I was born. I, I don't know. Oh, really? Day, it was so. before you were born? <laughs> See what happens, yeah. man. So it's kind of trippy, but think about this right now. So that was before you were born. Think about in like 30 years, people are going to be talking about you in Trinidad and Tobago. You go to yeah. see this video. How how crazy is that, right? Look at that statues about you, man. Well, he's just getting, <laughs> he's just getting started. That's right. You know, you're just yeah. getting started. Yeah. Three years of powerlifting training isn't exactly a lot. No, no, no. It's true. Who you knows know? where you're gonna end up? Yeah. Yeah. So have you have you started getting any kind of like invites? Like, are you gonna start competing uh, internationally beyond just the world championships as well? Because it's Trinidad and Tobago. Quick question. It's Trinidad and Tobago. It's North American. It's not Commonwealth, is it? Yes, it is. Yes. Oh, it is as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what does what your calendar look like? Calendar mostly looks like the Arnold Classic. Um, World, World Championship slash, well, Pan American, North American around that time yeah. of year. Yeah. And then Commonwealth Championship. So those are like the four main events that we have. Uh, yeah, on our calendar. And do you plan on hitting all those up? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I do. <laughs> wow. Is it open for all of them? Well, some of them you could compete in both. So, like in the Pan American Championships, you could compete both junior and open. But I think the World Championships is the only one where um, you kind of force into one bracket. You know so, what? Um, I didn't yeah. even know that. I didn't know you can compete both at the same time for the Pan Americans. Is that right? Wow, is this? Yeah, you can. So at the Pan American Championships, I won one of five KG Open and Junior, and I won Best Overall Junior and Best Overall Open in Pan America. So yeah. Wowzers! Okay, no kid. And are you going to be switching up anything? So in terms of your training, a lot of people have questions in terms of that. So if we're going to like kind of take a little bit of a look at what your training blocks look like, um, do you section it off like a four-week volume and then four-week? less volume but higher weights or how does it kind of look when your mess of cycles week by week go um mostly we um use like phase potentiation so right now coming straight off back well coming back from um wheels right now we're focusing mainly on like volume hypertrophy condition conditioning and things like that so it's more high reps lighter weight 
and trying to correct things that um, I notice in myself at will. So things like different technique um, changes that I would want to make, mastering the hook grip, different things like that. And um, then moving into the different blocks. So this block that we're in right now is going to last about five to six weeks. Yep. Then moving in after that, we'll focus more on um, <clears throat> still, you know, higher reps, but we'll increase weight so it'll be more, um, I guess, more conditioning work, but uh, focusing less on the uh, accessories and dialing and more on the competition list. So yeah. yeah, and what kind of rep ranges would you do? Like when we're talking, is it like four sets of eight, or are we talking bigger than that? What kind of rep ranges do you use? As for right now, it's definitely bigger than that. So for the main lifts right now, we think uh, we focus on like eights, tens, twelves. Oh, yeah. Right. No, no more than twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> enough. It's yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. And and how many days a week do you squat and bench and deadlift? Uh, squat. I squat three to four times a week. Uh, bench three to four times a week. <clears throat> deadlift once or twice a week. Holy shit. That seems like a lot. Yeah. Are they are they like variations each time, or yeah. is it the competition squat? You know, three to four times, or a variation each day? Well, in this block that we're in right now, it's a variation every time. So one day will be competition, and the other three would be variations. Right. Um, closer to competition, they all become competition right. specific. So, yeah. And you'll still do three to four days a week. Uh, more than likely three. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. And so, at some point, do you start bringing it into like triples, doubles, and singles, and it starts getting more like less reps per set? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, in probably the peaking phase and the phase right before that is strictly triples, maybe sets of four for the most, um, triples, doubles, and maybe a top single before back mount sets and things like that. So yeah. And what do you think is probably one of the biggest differences? Because you've made some huge progress. What are some of the things that anyone's listening in terms of making progress that you found this is a game changer for me? Whether it was like, I started doing singles, whether it's, it's a variation that you found, or whether it's the volume, what do you think it was? Two things that I would say kind of contributed mostly towards my progress from last year to this year would be one, training at a heavier body weight and um, <clears throat> learning the water cutting system because before I would you know cut calories into competition and actually you know try to lose the weight itself uh, and that that and coming on closer to competition my training would almost go you know to, to, to rubbish because you know you're low on calories you don't have the carbs your yeah. body can't perform at the same level as it would as if you were you know eating normally and the second thing would you know kind of being a perfectionist when it comes to things like your form and the little tweaks that you know nobody would really notice and things like that as well as kind of staying in the pocket as you guys from um, North America would say yeah yeah and, yeah um, you know not, not not pushing yourself to RP10 or not pushing yourself to the limit every single training session and knowing when to reach and when to you know stay back and just go in motion you know, so, um, and it's funny you said stay in the pocket. I dropped that so many times the World Championships. I'd be walking around and be like, yo, in the pocket, right? I'm like, ah, right, all right. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, so, when, yeah. Gone global. So when you do that, is it like RPE? What's what's textbook RPE for you? Because it's interesting you said that. Because I asked Brett Gibbs, who had a fucking phenomenal right. day. And um, Brett was, he's had in the past, like some, the last World Championships, 35 kilo less and he was 
I think he hit 795 for his total. First time in a while he was under 800 kilo. And a lot of, I was like, what's the biggest change? Same question I gave you. And he's like, man, exactly what you said. Stayed in the pocket in training and didn't peak in the gym this time. Didn't like, you know, push it where it says RB8. You walk in the gym telling yourself, but I have in my heart, I'm gonna squat this or dead this. And it doesn't matter what the shit the RP says, I'm gonna hit that, you know? And he yeah. said, probably, he started, he posted less on Instagram, because that makes you want to give what people more. think you should. Exactly, yeah. Once you want to give yeah. everybody you're, more. Yeah, so you're, you feel pressure to. So if, if a squat session, he was thinking, you know what? It's not gonna be as much as people expect, but it's on RP, I just won't post it, fuck it. But I'm staying on 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 there. So, where was like what RPEs are usually your triples, doubles, and singles? Just so people know. I usually try not to cross RPE eight, eight to nine. I, I try not to cross nine in training. So yeah. because, well, I'm only 22, and you know when I now started training, one of the things that I used to struggle with was kind of you know wanting to hit certain milestone numbers. So um, let's say, you know, I was going into the gym today, uh, a day to do sixes, I would want to do, I guess, you know, six plates, so to speak, which yeah. would be like 585 or something like that, instead of going with a number that would be more manageable, just because that was a milestone lifter. Yeah. So um, one of the things that <clears throat> um, really helped me over the last year in maturing as a lifter is, you know, sticking to the given RPs, so seven, eight, nine, 8.5 would be most ideal where you know you talk yourself just enough to grow and progress but at the same time you know you don't um mess up your, your sre you know similar recovery adaptation and things like that so yeah you know it's it's funny because so did your coach at the same gym as you yes 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 he um <clears throat> he trains at the same gym with me does that help to keep you on rpe um, no, we, we kind of develop a relationship now to the point where he kind of trusts me. So if I say, you know, I have a certain number uh, in mind, he kind of, you know, lets me go with it. I'm not, you know, he, he doesn't choose my numbers. I, so I won't choose my numbers. So. Yeah. See, I've noticed sometimes, and I've been guilty of this, where, like, even everybody, world champions get themselves coaches, okay? And for a long time, like a lot of, even some of the best coaches in the world, like Bryce Lewis we're talking about, he has one of the biggest coaching staff and one of the biggest coaching companies out there, but he still gets a coach, Eric Helms, right? Because yeah. it's like, when you're in there, sometimes you can't tell and you get emotionally attached <laughs> to certain numbers and you're like, so you're just gonna go in there as opposed to someone else who's got no attachment and be like, hey man, we, you know, that, that's a little heavier. Does every now and then does he pull the reins on you and say, "Hey, man," or are you pretty much running the show when it comes to that? Nah, sometimes he definitely has to yeah. step in, and because you know, regardless of how mature I might feel, I am now ego always, always yeah. gets the better of us. Sometimes, yeah. So yeah, sometimes he definitely has to step in and you know, tell me to dial it down, or you know. And that's like the biggest dangers when it comes to like social media. You want to give a show like we were just talking yeah. about, yeah. And you think like. Like last week, I my single for squat was whatever kilo. This week, it's got to be that or heavier. I can't go back. You know, and do you do that sometimes? Or do you go back in numbers? As you're approaching the meet, everybody tells themselves you can't go backwards when you're getting closer to the meet. Do you ever start going backwards? If that's what the RP honestly is? Yeah, definitely. Um, sometimes I start going backwards um, because... 
the week before I actually squatted the 705 for a triple. Um, you know, I, I was in the gym, I was actually there by myself, my coach wasn't there, and um, I ended up going for a 705 single because there was a, a program single in the program, right? Um, and it's supposed to be at RP7, but I went for you know, a 705 single because I felt like, you know, it, it was just there to be hit. And it was actually more like a... Um, yeah, your coach wasn't there. Your coach yeah, wasn't there. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't there. And it was actually more like RP 9.5. Uh-oh. You know, so even though I saw the warm-ups were going the best, you know, I, I was just... But ego actually got in the way. And, um, yeah, so that was actually like a shock to my confidence. But, um, you know, I was able to recover in time and the program was designed in such a way that, you know, when I came in on the next squad day, the 705 moved, you know, much better, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it is, you just got to trust the process yeah, and be yeah. like, look, at what am I on this day? Because it happens. I've gone over, sometimes I'll be training on the way to a competition. And, like, yeah, when the numbers start going back and you're still going to the competition, you're like, oh, shit. But then you go back into previous competitions, you did really well, Nick, oh, this happened then, too. I'm all right. Yeah. yeah. And that's what it, it also helps having a coach because no matter how many comp, like, I've been competing 10 years, and um, no matter how many competitions you had, sometimes you're leading into a competition, you still get like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? Why is this happening? And you always yeah. doubt, like, why do I feel like this? And sometimes you have to go back and be like, this happens every time. It's happening for the last decade. Oh, yeah. And you still can't yeah. wrap it well, around your head. When it happens to me, I'll literally, like, if that day comes, when that day comes, because it always comes for yeah. some fucking reason. Yeah. Um, I'll sit back and I'll be like, okay, what did I do that day? What did I do the night before? How did I sleep? What did I eat? And I'll break it down to myself to the point where it's like, okay, that's why it happened. And then I can yeah. live with it. Well, and then, what, what then I'm like, okay, so next time you're going to go in, you're going to get good sleep. You're going to have a nap that afternoon. You're going to yeah. eat so many carbs. You're going to drown yourself in salts. That way it's going to feel super light no matter what you do. <laughs> what, what happens if you do everything perfect and it's still kind of like that though? That's where you really gotta trust the process. That's, yeah. Like, well, then hey, you look, just some days, some days it happens. You're though, peaked, right? yeah. You peaked. You're fatigued, and you just yeah. You gotta fatigue take happens. like I take a good three days before the meet. I know some people don't. Some people lift two days out or whatever. Yeah. I'm three days to four days where I do nothing, or I'll walk in on Wednesday and do like a four or five pause squat or something, and then okay, that's good enough. Trust the deal. Then, yeah, just let it can reset. Recover. It can reset. So here's a good question for you, because. Um, it was a perfect segue because there is times where you start fatiguing, the weights start getting heavy, and you're like, oh shit. And you don't even realize that one week deload before can totally reset everything and bam, you're about to smash it. When do you yeah. deload and what does your week before look like? Uh, my week before competition is typically uh, a taper. So the taper is going to be different for each of the three main lifts. So for the deadlift, I like to take seven to eight days rest before competition. Yeah. So my last deadlift was on Monday, and I competed the next Monday. Um, squat would be more like four to five days rest. So I squatted on the Wednesday and competed, no, I squatted on Thursday and competed um, Monday. And bench would just be either two days or ideally it might even be you know, one day rest in between. But because I didn't want to um, have to lift when I reached the Calgary that late in the night, um, I benched the Friday before I flew up. So that was like the weekend rest and then competed Monday. And, and what would be the RPE for those last days? Um, there was no real given RPE, it was more percentage. So we woke up to like a single at 95% of oh, the plant opener for the meet. Even for squat? 
Yeah, 95% of my plan opener, not 95%. Oh, planned opener. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay, good. I was going to say, damn, man, you are Superman. Yeah, okay. So that makes sense. And, and is that the way you textbook usually do it? Or does sometimes you ever be like, you know what, I need a little more? Like, do you make audibles in your program sometimes, judging on how you feel? Um, no, usually I just stick to the program because I, as you say, you know, doing it for the last couple um years now for every competition that I do, you know, sometimes you just feel like if, you know, I don't want to take a week off deadlift because, you know, what if I, I lose it or what if, you know, I, yeah. I just want to go in and do something like, you know, I can maybe work up to like a 500 single just to, you know, refresh the technique or this and that, but I kind of learned to just trust the process, so I don't really make alterations to the program, especially without consulting Sanji first. You know, yeah. so I wouldn't go in the gym and, you know, do something that is not on the program, so yeah. And how important is it to have your coach? Like, when anyone listening is looking for a coach, what are some of the things you would say to look for? Because these days, everybody's a coach, right? And how yeah. do you distinguish between a good coach and maybe a coach that's not up to par? Um, well, a lot of people, <clears throat> what they do when they're looking for coaches, you know, they look for um, the success that they have had that the coach has had with um, previous athletes. But um, because, you know, in Trinidad, we, you know, it's more of like a small country yeah, where yeah. You know, we don't have that many coaches, don't have that many, you know, people who have succeeded internationally on a high level in Boston. When I was, you know, looking for a coach, it was more so just somebody <clears throat> I felt like I could trust, somebody I felt like had my best interests at heart, as well as somebody I know, you know, is willing to, um, progress and learn more because you know you always have new trains of thought coming out and um different styles of training and different things like that so somebody who you know would not just be um i guess too dogmatic in yeah. their approach but somebody who would um learn and compare and be willing to adjust silly times so, yeah. yeah someone who's not stuck in the ways they're going to grow with you yeah, definitely. So. Um, in terms of for yourself, is there who do you like watching powerlifting? Because you're you're like uh, like how many sessions I called at the Worlds? Your session was one of the best sessions we had. It's probably one of the most popular sessions. So you're probably on some people's favorites. But who are some of your <laughs> favorite powerlifters that you like to watch, train, and the sessions you liked watching at the World Championships? Um, I would say my top three favorite powerlifters are. Um, with Vicky, Crystal. I really, really like to watch him train, you know, although he doesn't post that many videos yeah. on Instagram, which is, you know, sad, because yeah. I, you know, I, I, I like to see him deadlift. Um, second, definitely has to be um, Brett Gibbs. You know, when I met him at Wills, he was so humble, even after just, you know, doing the heaviest stand-down bodyweight total ever. Yeah. And um, I also like Sean Morega as well, too, from um, 83. He's a really oh, cool guy. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good, too. Um, and what are some of your future goals for, for powerlifting? Because we were just talking about Brett Gibbs had that, the heaviest ever, 10 times body weight. And you at 22, like the sky's the limit. Who knows what you're going to do when, when you're 32? So what are some yeah. of the goals that you think you want to hit? Whether it's round numbers, world records, what are you gunning for? Um, I would say maybe my lifetime goal in terms of um, numbers would be maybe a thousand pound total. A thousand kilograms. I was just gonna say, yeah. Boy. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. hit that with like one squat, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so maybe a thousand kilograms total in one of five. Wow. Um, the goal for next world championships in Sweden, you know, once everything comes together well, 
uh, I really want to hit a 950 kilogram total. So I don't really have, um, I guess, goals for the individual lifts to say squat bench deadlift, but I'm more focusing on the total um, in um, the weight class that I am in now. So. Yeah, because that would be the big mark. A thousand kilo total, 105 would be huge. Yeah. Like you'd be, you'd yeah. be, that's like, have the one oh in the 120, has Dennis Cornelius hit a thousand kilo total as a 120? No. <laughs> <laughs> he knows, see, he knows. Yeah, you know, you keep it track. Like that is a huge uh, numbers. Do you know, do you have any kind of plan on what you'll have to get for a squat, dead and bench to hit that? Uh, I, I'm not sure, but I think I was calculating um, what I would have to hit for a 10 times bodyweight total, which was right after Gibbs. Oh, look at I would have to hit maybe like a, a low 800s in the squat. Um, not low 800, sorry, about 860 on the squat. Maybe about like a 940 deadlift and like a 545. Jesus, <laughs> that's man. That's ridiculous. The only thing is though, like the heavier you get, the crazier it is though. Like uh, yeah. the lighter you are, the easier it is to do the body weight thing. Like Brett yeah. might be the heaviest dude who will, well, I mean, I shouldn't say, who knows what's gonna happen, right? Whenever we yeah. think we've seen how far people can go, right. five years late, yep. and then well, weird shit happens. Five years, five, take five years off of powerlifting compared yeah. to right now. Oh yeah, well, it's, yeah. it's, it's not even close. Yeah, yeah, it's like, not even close. Records are dropping every meet yeah. consistently all the time. Yeah. And like records like Cohen's record, no one's gonna touch, no one's gonna touch, and boom, went down like three times. Yeah, off. yeah, yeah, this is And then the true. squat record, for the thousand or whatever it was, the twelve hundred pound squat. Yeah. Oh, no one's gonna boom three times last year, and you're yeah. just like, okay, well, what, what's next? Well, like when's the thousand pound deadlift coming? Yeah. Well, well I mean, yeah. Like yeah, who's sure. swinging that one? When's it, yeah. when's it going? Yeah. Down? Or a thousand kilo in ninety in uh, yeah, one hundred five. Um, what are some of the goals you got? Because you're such a big deal in, for powerlifting in Trinidad and Tobago. Is there any goals you have in terms of trying to push that to the forefront in your homeland? Yeah, definitely. Um, within the next couple of years, I really want um, powerlifting to be a much bigger sport in Trinidad and Tobago. Simply because I feel like the sport is so accessible to anybody, you know, anybody of any, you know, height, weight, background, anything like that, can powerlift. So, um, really, I don't just want that my success to be for me, but I really want to propel the sport forward in Trinidad and Tobago, so you know, um, I definitely plan to be working very closely with the Federation, which is TTPF, Trinidad and Tobago Policy Federation, yeah. um, within the next couple years um, to really get this sport up and running because along with the kind of, I don't want to say fame, but along with the, 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 the fame attention. and the, um, the attention you get. Yeah, exactly, with the attention that I, I'm getting in Trinidad, um, you have a lot of people from Trinidad, you know, a lot of young guys and even girls who, you know, would message me on Instagram and, you know, they want to get into powerlifting because, you know, they, I guess, are inspired by what it is I have done. Yeah. So I want, to, I want to use this platform to really propel the sport forward and, you know, the way how big it is in, in um, America, I want to have, like, you know, Trinidad's vision for that. So. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think, but it's true where um, you don't even realize, like, like the old saying, with great power comes great responsibility, right? And it's, yeah. I remember I started powerlifting because, um, so 10 years ago powerlifting wasn't nearly as big, but I remember opening up the newspaper, not even knowing a lot about powerlifting, 
And there was a local guy who won the, the national championships in Canada. And I was like, oh, damn. I didn't even, I wasn't thinking that way. I was always going to the gym, but I wasn't thinking powerlifting. I reached out to the guy, just like these kids are reaching out to you. And all of a sudden I start powerlifting. And you don't realize how like, when you do things like you're doing, how many people watch and how many people yeah. weren't even thinking of powerlifting before. Like, well, how about powerlifting? Yeah. You know, and if, if Trinidad Tobago is a gym culture and some people are like, yeah, I'm lifting weights, but there's no real place I could go. And all of a sudden this dude's all over TV and he's all over the media, flashing smiles, doing interviews and shit. And people, you're, you got a good personality, right? You're approachable, great for the sport, for an ambassador. Bam, the doors to start opening up yeah. like that. And there's no reason, it would be beautiful to see like Trinidad and Tobago hosting like the North American Championship or hosting yeah, the Pan Americans yeah. and stuff like that. It's 100% possible because St. Croix, there's some smaller nations who have hosted uh, the North American and Pan American Championship. So yeah. you never know, especially with yourself on there, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so you usually ask uh, a question Right. Every time we have, and you might have a couple of those if you want to fire up, by the way, but. Well, I, I kind of have an idea how he's going to say it, but I always ask, especially because people are looking up to you, right? Um, and you're not so much a beginner anymore, you're a world champion. So I like to ask, there's three things, technique, programming, and intensity. Put them in order of importance. So basically one, two, and three, what's the most important? Um. You for, for the beginner, for the beginner. So someone just oh. getting out, like, to learning, because I've seen, and I mean, up here, you see a lot of people, I want to do powerlifting, and then they get on a program right away. But yeah. I don't see them knowing how to work the program, per se. So anyway, I'll just give it to you, and you kind of, what are your thoughts? Um, I would say the exact same order that you said it in is what I would rank them. So technique first, definitely programming that intensity simply because um, I feel like once it is your technique is solid you could be on almost any program and you would definitely see progress and yeah. a lot of you know people you realize that you know you might have some guys who they might good morning their squat so they might have a rounded back in the deadlift or some technique flow that they have on right. one of the lifts and they end up plateauing off at you know some arbitrary number and you know the ego comes into play where they can't like dial it back down and work on their technique so from the very jump technique was a, a big part of what it is i focused on not so much the, you know the weight and stuff like that um programming second because um the, the program that you're on is important simply because you always want to be moving forward not necessarily in a linear fashion but the general direction and the trend that you want to be heading in is you know always you know, in an upward direction right. and always adding load over time. And then um, intensity lasts because simply ego and um, to me getting stronger can't really, you know, come together and really flourish together uh, because you have a lot of bros in the gym, right, you know, yeah. especially in Trinidad as well too. And you would realize that they have been doing the same numbers for the past how much of a year they have been in gym, you know? <laughs> and that's simply because you can't go to the gym every week and, I guess, test out one rep max. So right. You don't get stronger from doing one rep, you get stronger from doing the work that builds up to that. So right. yeah. that's how I would run them. You know, and that kind of goes back to what we were saying before, where one of the biggest things you noticed in Brett Gibbs in terms of altering what made a huge difference in the year was staying in the pocket man staying on program yeah. don't push those rpes you know like 
a triple isn't your max triple. Yep. This is a triple that day, two left in the tank. Yep. Um, one question I like to ask everybody we have on, if uh, when all is said and done, you're 22 years old, so it's kind of a weird question, but <laughs> when all is said and done, and you know like the nation behind you, and all the accomplishments you're gonna have, and you look back, and you're, you're uh, who's the guy, the master, that, that has that Adrian, one? Adrian Brown. When you're Adrian Brown, and you're, yeah. you're at a bar having a beer, and you're looking back at your career, how do you want to be remembered? I, I want to be remembered as the greatest one of five ever. Like, Whoa. that's, 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 that's is. my goal. That's that that is. my goal. Yeah. Sounds good, but it's so. well within reason, my friend. Well within reason. Yeah. Um, so thank you for having us, man. Uh, or th thank you for coming on the yeah. show with us. Uh, you got a great personality. We'd love to have you on again. Um, and is there anybody that you would like to thank, any sponsors, or, or how people can reach you on social media if they want to follow you? Um, well, mostly I'm on Instagram, so my Instagram is at BenLaFlord, um, underscore 868. So, yeah, I think it's um, BenLaF underscore Lord 868. So, gotcha. Yeah. Um, anybody that I would like to thank, um, I'd like to thank Sanji Philoxing, he is my coach. As well as my father, Ronald Hunt, you know, he's always, he's like my number one fan, he's always there supporting me. Um, also, like to thank Sianna Andrews, you know, she um, is a training partner of mine and she is always there for me in rock training sessions and stuff like that. And the whole team, we have a, a lifting team called, well, unofficially called JLL, which stands for Just Lift League. So it's kind of like a play on Justice League. Ah, <laughs> um, nicely done! Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, shout out to like all of them, um, Varun, Xavier, um, you know, Kiran, Sumir, um, all those guys, and yeah, simply, yeah. Okay, my friend, well, thanks for coming on, much appreciated, uh, congratulations on the big win, you got a lot of hype behind you right now, good luck with the training, and we'll talk to you soon. Alright, definitely, man, thanks for having me. No problem, Take have care. a good one. Ooh, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He's a good interview. Yeah. When you got like um, that much hype around you and, and you got a nation, some people don't realize when you come from a nation like, uh, well, like U.S., obviously, right. but even in Canada, we're like one-tenth of the size of the U.S., right. but when, when it comes to like stars, it's not powerlifting walking down the street. It's we have like hockey players, obviously Toronto Raptors yeah. and shit like that. People don't care about powerlifting, but when you go to a nation like Trinidad and Tobago, you become a world champion, junior or not. Yeah. You become You're like a household name. Yeah. yeah, you become a household name. Yeah. Well, anyone that grew up in a small town, and this is coming from, I grew up in a town of 2,500 people. Yeah. We won the junior B league for the first time in 50 years. Yeah. You're a hero for the week. Yeah. Like, you, I didn't buy, we went to the bar the night, I didn't buy a drink. There were 17 of them sitting in front of me the whole night. Jesus. So I can only imagine him coming from, you know, his country. What do you say, yeah. 1.3 million? 1.3 million, yeah. And then having that world championship and, you know, coming off the plane and having everyone there. Can you, he, just, you know, he came off the plane and fucking pressed. Yeah. Not, not yeah. only were there, like, legions of, like, friends, family, and, like, yeah. locals being like, oh, shit, let's go greet him. He's yeah. the champs here. Fucking press was there. Oh, yeah. Like, can we get you for five minutes? And they're asking questions like, holy yeah. smokes, dude. You win the open worlds, come home in Canada, nobody no one knows gives a fuck. No. People are like, would you move your piece of shit car? Because <laughs> I'm trying to, you know yeah. what I mean? And that's when I try to, like... When people are like, oh, how nationals and all this stuff, I'm like, who fucking cares? Yeah. You know, it like, is what it, is, it yeah. is what it is. It's powerlifting. It's yeah. not, we're never going to be, and this is something I've accepted, because I'm mediocre at best. I'll, there's no issue but, with but, me but, admitting but, that. But, like, 
it's never going to be something that pays the bills for me. Yeah. Rondell, on the other hand, it can take him, you know, for what it is for his yeah. country. Yeah. Like, we joke about the president thing, yeah. but he could be running the TTPF. Dude, no he, issues, he, no questions asked. Well, like, the government's actually, he was saying, we didn't get into too much detail. I mean, it was already over an hour. Right. So we'll get it. We have to have him back. I want to talk about his childhood and everything. But um, the government's talking about getting involved, sponsorships, yeah. whatever. Because when you're from a nation like that, it works two different ways. A, um, initially you don't have a lot of attention because everyone's looking at the Americans' big right. Instagrams. But B, when you're from that, though, the flip side would be the sponsors, when they're looking, they're not going after the Michael Jordans and Shelly that because they no. they're not coming out of no, there. No, exactly. They got you. Yeah. Their money's going to you. The, the, they're going on the Wheaties box. Yeah. That's, the government's yeah. like, who are we going to fund in terms of athletes? We're going to fund you. They're talking about a weightlifter who got a gold medal before Rondell was even allowed. They're still talking about yeah. it. So Rondell making this win, it's huge. Oh, yeah. It means something, which oh, yeah. is, it's nice to see. It's good for a sport like that. Oh, definitely. Um, I got another interview at five with a different podcast. But real quick, I said we were going to talk a bit about the IPF women's division. Um, so I just want to do a couple of the highlights anyways. Um, I think Jen Milliken, I talked to her, she had a tough weight cut, and one of the biggest surprises to me was, uh, like, because last year she was the best lifter of all right. the women, she's champion of champions, and she had a gutsy fucking performance, um, winning winning uh, the 57 kilo weight class, came down to the very last deadlift, and her deadlift, you never seen a woman who wanted it so, so hard, right. when she started pulling, by the time it got to her knees, her hips and body were shaking like she was in a plane with turbulence. Yeah. And I was like, oh, she needed that pull to right. win. And no one expected her to be in there. And I was thinking, oh my God, Jen Milliken, who last year was the champion of champions, might walk away silver and show the heart of a lion. And that's where, you know, sometimes you have your walk away wins and, some, and, and you win so big, you're the best lifter. Right. It's a win. perfect day. Perfect day. Yep. Other times when you don't have the perfect day and it's in your darkest hour where you get to show people, no, but I'm a fucking got a heart of a lion. Yeah. Like, I'm a champ. Like, you're going to see why, why I'm why here. Yeah. yeah. So, even if I got a you're bad gonna day. You're going to see why I was there. That's now right. I'm going to show you even why though, I got Even though she, it's not just. Some people are so far away better physically. They don't get tested. And when they get tested, they're not used to it. And right. they don't deal with it well. Right. And she showed the opposite there. She was like, no, nah, when it came time to rock and roll, she scrapped it out. Yeah. And it was, that was one of the performances that stood out for me. I joy. Um, from, from Britain in the 52 kilo class, beltless squats, beltless deadlift, <laughs> um, and, and took it uh, from Marissa Inda in that, a great battle. That girl walk, works on that squat technique. Yeah. It's it's over. Well, it's like, still, the, like she works on that for a year. Yeah. She's gonna go up 30 to 40 kilos. Yeah. It, it puts on a belt maybe, I don't know, yeah. who knows. Well, but like she puts, that's it's over. Like she's yeah. world champ for as long as she wants to be at that point. Cause she's so young. Cause yeah. she's yeah. Like. And that's the thing where I can I can see no no belt for dead if you don't like when you're bent over right. or whatever the shit. I still would, but I could see it. Yeah. But no belt for squat really. Yeah, that's it's almost everybody in the world would say which is squat Pierre belted or unbelted. It's a difference. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. It's a goddamn. Well, difference. you think you take it would tax for the deadlift. 100 that, that would be my oh, first yeah, even and then, even then, third right? yeah, well squat form yeah. without a belt really taxes yeah. for the Because you get bullied out of the position. Yeah. Well, if you look at, yeah, uh, very well said. When I have a belt on, I can stay, here we go, stay in the pocket. Right. Um, a lot better on form because I can get compression, yes. etc. Yeah. And it affects you far more than the deadlift. I almost, and here's the thing, 
when you start doing things like winning world titles, you really don't need to take too much advice from people. No, no, but not it at doesn't all. mean it doesn't mean it's still not true. No, you know, I'm not going to be the guy that walks in and tells her how to squat. Yeah, but I'm going to say if she works on that squat technique, yeah. it's a walk away for as long as she wants it to be until the next one of her kind of steps and, in. And here's the thing, though: after you win world's beltless. Are you ever going to put the belt on? That's the thing. <laughs> right? It's tough. It's yeah. almost like, I mean, shit. But I remember from last year, going into the Belarus World Championships, I had posted, this is a three-way battle between Marissa Inda, who ended up winning, yeah. uh, and did a phenomenal day uh, at, in Calgary as well, and um, uh, Liz Craven, and I think Olga, and then I hadn't even mentioned Joy. Joy's like, yo, what's up? You snubbing me? Right. And then um, Joy does phenomenal. And then I had her in the booth for the commentary, and I was like, all right, I'm going to eat my crow because right. I look past you. This year was not looking past her. When she's in the warm-up room, she's literally reading books and shit. Yeah. Stay calm yeah, as hell. I, yeah, and I, I was like, it actually that. might work to distract you and keep your heart rate well, down. Like I've, I've said, you only have, and I got this from golf. And golf's a long fucking day, too, right? For people it's, listening, this cat was a golf pro with yeah. the long drive and fucking... Um, so you only have so much energy to expel with adrenaline for the day. Yeah. And we called it peaks and valleys. Yeah. So we didn't think about, and you know, for me, the long drive thing, that was a long day. You start at nine in the morning, you're not usually done until five, you're out in the sun. You know, yes, it's golf, but trust me, if you hit balls as hard as you can yeah, all day no, long, it's you're, you're tired. It's um, so the peaks and valleys thing is what came to mind when I seen that picture is she's basically harnessing and holding in and taking her, you know, adrenaline and just keeping it till when she needs it. Yeah. And then you've seen on those squats, her face, she, yeah. she wanted it, she got yeah. it, she needed yeah. it. Yeah. And then you go back and sit down and chill. Yeah. And that's kind of the circle that you go through. You can't walk around all day amped out of your tree. No. Like, you're going to gas. You're going to, by the time deadlifts come around, you're fucking dead. Yeah. And here's enough. Well, what I, here's, I take it even a step further and say, you can't even walk around all day being like 80%, no. 50% amped. You should actually try to be, because I've been like, well, okay, well, I'm not amped. But you're also not chill, right? And I, right. I call, like I'm talking about myself here, yeah. self-reflecting. I'd be yeah. like times where I also didn't fucking relax. Right. Well, there's a difference. So I mean, training some hockey players, we put uh, heart rate monitors on them. Of course, you yeah. probably did as well. Where it's like, yeah. listen, I want your heart rate to a resting, a proper resting heart rate yeah. in between these circuits, okay? And it's almost the same thing for powerlifting. Where it's yeah. like, I got you. You're not about to walk on the platform amp, but you're still not chill. No, I need yeah. you chill. Yeah, I need and you and people just... in even, even fucking music gets your heart rate going. Yeah. Take the music off. So I'm taking it off, reading a book. Yeah. It helps, man. And she laughs like she's a deadlifter. And you think she'd be gassed out from the squat. Well, exactly. Bounce back. Yep. And it's, um, it had to play a role in how, I mean, it's how you set your day up. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I don't know if she had to cut weight or all or anything like that. Sure. But, you know, take those things all into account. You need to be fucking calm yeah. for any time besides the one minute. That yeah, you're up there. that's it. And just give yourself a minute. Yeah, walk, pace, pace on the platform. Yeah, hit that fucking weight, hit it, and quit it. Well, I don't know how Screamer. I don't know how he is in the back room. He's chill. But then He's when chill. he hits the yeah. platform, it's, it. it's game over. Right? See him back room. You think, well, this guy's ready for a fist fight. No, see him back room. The guy's literally chill, smiling, yeah. shaking hands, being like, like, like me and you right now. We yeah. might even be more amped up than he is. Well, that's yeah. Uh, looking at the sixty-three kilo women, um, Jen Thompson. My God, this woman <laughs> refuses to age. Uh, just, just like. Pulling out, so, so for people who don't know, Jen last year missed the World Championships, had a massive injury, huge surgery. Um, the doctor said, you're never going to be competitive again. There's no way at yep. this level, um, especially at 43 years old. Now she's 44, right. I believe. And um, she's like, well, and she's in the thickest division. Oh, yeah. Uh, in terms of talent pool, 
get the fuck out. Yeah. It was ridiculous. And um, comes back, wins the Raw, U.S. Raw Nationals, comes back to the World Championships, fighting women 20 years younger than her, and pulling off a huge win. Um, I asked her afterwards, uh, I, got the, I got the opportunity to interview all the champions, and I said, like, where does this victory rank in terms of all your wins? And she's been competing since the late 90s, which is before these ladies were even born that she's going against. She's like, this has got to be number one. Right. It's got to be number one. Yeah. Given the story. Coming back, everything. This, it's yeah. a fucking Disney movie. Yeah. You know, coming back at this age when people would be declining, massive injury. And not only that, even if you did all those and the competition wasn't as thick, it's an amazing story. But the comp not only was the competition thick, probably the best of any women's yeah. division. Yep. Phenomenal. Well, and if someone wouldn't have missed weight, it yeah, would have been... Yeah, well, and there's another story. Like, it would have been um, just hot as hell in there. Like the, Yeah. Because that would have added another... Another f a player, not, like, yeah. that, it's just too many pieces. Yeah. It's literally like, top, the girl who comes in fifth or sixth could be a world champion any given oh, yeah. day, but just come not even top five. Yes. It starts getting crazy at that point yep. if Isabella made it. Um, yeah, a little disappointed there with Isabella not making it. I mean, it's I know, a crazy... It was, Surprise! It was 50-50. It was a stretch to me from the get-go, seeing how, and we talked about it, yeah. how absolutely jacked she was, even when she was like 67, 68, yeah. when the pitchers were coming in with abs and everything like abs that. Abs upon abs. Yeah. So to miss wasn't a huge surprise, but, I mean, it's your world championship. That was, and I mean, I'm sure she was heartbroken and, yeah. you know, all of that. Um, Cause we so I don't know what she does, I don't know what her next move is. That, you know, that's interesting. And I want to talk to you about. We put her on the cover of the IPF magazine. I actually did that article because uh, we had everyone had high expectations. Right. Yeah, and she's getting a major push in Sweden. Yeah. Oh yeah, and rightfully well, so. Like yeah, her, next year her, it's home country. Yeah. So here's the thing: the next year, the World Championships in Sweden. It's a big decision. You can't. You can't miss. No, you can't. Yeah. And I think if I had to guess, I'm thinking. Look, Kimberly Walford's gone from '72, and she ain't coming back. No. Um, and just looking at it, I think she and I think she suffered greatly to make sixty three, or just like barely make sixty three. Right. I think she was suffering greatly to do it, and I don't think she wants to do another year of that. No. I'm, I, if I had to guess, I think she's going to seventy two. And if I had to guess, early prediction, I think she might win. Based on, she was depleted as fuck. Oh yes, yeah. she's numbers. only getting stronger. That's the thing. Which like, is crazy. She was depleting, getting stronger. Like you don't do those two things generally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean at seventy two, um, I think Dunsmore is going to seventy two too. Are you? Oh, she is. I know she's uh, on her Instagram, and I, I haven't she watched. Is. She started a YouTube channel too, but I haven't seen that. Yeah. Um, but she wasn't. She said no more cutting. I think she's going to say something So I think she's, sure. yeah, I think she's just going to go in weighing whatever. Yeah. So that puts another X63 top yeah. three American yeah. into, yeah, which yeah. top three American can be world top class. World class. in the world any given time. That's right. Yes, you know, that's a good segue. Uh, real quick, the other 63 kilo American, Sam Calhoun, my God, she had a crazy performance, came in silver for her first time yep. in the world, broke the uh, Kimberly Walford's world record deadlift, and four kilos off the win. 2020 hindsight, leading into her last dead, I'm like, well, I could see why I break the world record center for silver because you don't you don't know what you got in you. But when she pulled that last dead, it was like, I think she might have had four kilos right. for the win. Yep. But that's easy to say when it's easy all said until you pull it. Right. But holy smokes, her being as at the age she is, I think she's 27. I want to yep. say, she's the future. 
You yeah. gotta think about oh, yeah. powerlifting, you never know who's coming. Yep. But I mean she's gonna be a heavy favorite for next year. Jen Thompson, she's forty four. Can, like, can she still keep doing this? It's Dave Ricks. <laughs> I know. It's like Jen Thompson's gonna be Dave Ricks when she's like, like when Dave Ricks go from open to M four? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's what's gonna happen. He's like, yeah, I'll just go to M four now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's know? like holy smokes. Um, yeah, so crazy uh US is so thorough in terms of sixty threes. Um also he, Quick shout out also, uh, Marie T held herself accountably very well on yep. the 63 kilo for yep. the Canadians. Um, 72s and 84s and 84 plus is obviously Bonica Low. Nobody's touching Bonica. No. Uh, she just. That's a walk. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, with all due respect, she's just such a dominant force. 84s, uh, Daniela Mello, she's starting to become a walk yep. herself. Yep. I, mean, I can't see anybody beating Daniela anytime soon. She, she, she's, she's, she's is she young. a fucking 20 yet? She's still a teenager? That's what I mean. Like, it's ridiculous. Young. Yeah. And she's squatting. Like, you know what? I'm going to pull it up right now. Yeah. I don't want to talk out of school. But, I mean, I don't see anybody. It's kind of, you know, a walkaway win is good. But it's also at the same time, in terms of competitiveness, you want people in your in your class just to make it a battle like the 63s right. and the 105s, right? right. But, um, yeah. So, Daniela Mello uh, ran through it. I think Illa Strike, or Strick, sorry. Um, who was like a several-time world champion, did her best to give it to Daniela, but it wasn't gonna, just wasn't gonna fly. I mean, Illa is like one of those veterans. Yeah. I think she's like, she's definitely an M1 by age, but refusing to go into the M1s, and then um, and, and did her best. And then in the 72s, of course, the Brazilian, um, Ana Rosa Castellane, who's an absolute tigress, and uh, um, took the 72s and I feel like nobody's going to be able to push her off the top. Like she's won the world championships equipped. She's won the world championships uh, yeah. in the open. She's won, I, I believe, both in the same freaking year. Been doing this for as long as anybody has. And I think the only person who's going to be able to knock her off the podium, possibly, is if um, Isabella goes to 72. You think that's a <laughs> big showdown? Yeah. And, and let me tell you, um, Anna mean, Rosa. Like the, these Brazilians, in terms of their heart, so Anna Rosa, um, in 2016, she failed her second deadlift, and Ilya Strick pulled her second deadlift and hit it and moves into the lead. And then Ilya Strick deaded first, um, hit her third deadlift as well, I believe, and thought, well, that's a fucking rap. That's right. all she wrote, because right. Anna Rosa missed her second. Right. Anna Rosa had to go up from her missed lift and this is why she, you don't fuck around with some of these Brazilians. <laughs> had the fight like my, she was doing the funky chicken halfway up, like she was doing the twist Elvis Presley style, right? And locked it out and took the win, and it was like, oh my god! <laughs> it's like, what do we need for the win? Load it up, right? And it's not, I'm gonna tug on well, it and say thank you. No, no, no. she's ripped. Wasn't he Brazilian David, in the 120s? Canberra, yes. In the, in the he, no, 93 like a, kilo. 93 right. kilo class against Ellis McLean. Loaded up 30 kilo from his second attempt to his third attempt. His dead was close to his best equipped dead. And my God, he came with that it. Was, I mean, 50-50. That was 50-50 all 50, night. 50-50 all night. Yeah, you, you could argue yeah. that all day. Typical sports yeah. argument. I mean, these these Brazilians have like a reputation for a scrappy, like, if you got a Brazilian nipping on your heels, and they're within, like, this is fucking crazy to say, 30 kilo, <laughs> 30 kilo of winning, 
be nerds. It's not one of those uh, in the back celebrating. Right. Now, come out to the side of the platform and watch the last watch dead. Yeah, just because they might get it. Just in case. But, uh, but anyways, wanted to do a quick wrap up with the women's. Uh, hope you guys like the show, my man. Thank you. Always right, a pleasure to have you on every time. And uh, we'll be posting this up. And next week, we're going to have another special guest. We'll let you know. Pay attention to the story. Keep sending us all your messages, sending us all your videos. Much appreciated. Peace.